1: Hope everybody's doing well today. I want to welcome everybody to the Unimpressed podcast today. And today I have a gentleman calling in from New York City. I think he's originally from Romania, and his name is Kevin Tatar. And I think I said that halfway right. And he has come up with this thing called Cook, which is a healthy way to save money and have good tasting Food, right.
0: Yeah. Thank you for having me, John. Uh, well, it's Cook itself is a YouTube channel or a YouTube channel. I'm, I also have an Instagram and a TikTok, but it's about making content around food. That yeah, that's right. You said it right. It's uh, affordable, uh, healthy, and you know, tasty. For
1: everyone affordable healthy and tasty foods was the idea yeah. because you moved from Romania and went to where
0: I was born in Romania and then I moved to the Netherlands and Europe for university and that's kind of where I started to develop my my passion for cooking for myself
1: what was the thought process of going down this road have you ever cooked before did you aspire to be a chef I mean what was the thought process with that
0: I don't think I ever aspired to be a chef but I, I was always very attached to food and the process of cooking itself. Uh, my grandma back in Romania, the, I think she was my main inspiration. Uh, she passed away, unfortunately, when I was a kid. But I remember that she showed me first like the power that food has around like building a community and bringing people together and really creating uh, strong feelings uh, for the people at the table. And I just liked that a lot. And I cooked a lot with her. And I think I just took that inspiration. and know those feelings and channel them in into the future in my life.
1: So you started kind of having some inspiration to, to go down this road with food. And what was your angle and what did you find, you know, going through this process?
0: So I found that a lot of the food that you see on the Internet is very well, not very difficult to make necessarily. But it's a little bit unapproachable because it comes from chefs and people who are trained in the culinary business. And I wanted to show people and approach my content from the standpoint of someone who's not, you know, formally trained and who kind of learned how to do all these things from the internet and just to see what's possible to do with limited budgets, limited a limited skill set, and it's still uh, a lot. So that that was my approach.
1: My wife is a chef. And okay. when you think about that, you know, why do you have to have, you know, the official chef name or the official chef degree to be a great cook? I don't I don't think you have to because I think absolutely if you yeah, if you look at cooking, I mean I think it's it's artistry in a way. And I think you either are an artist or you're not, in a way, right? That's a good point.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of artistry and skill that goes into cooking, but I think my view on that is that everyone should try. And everyone should be a cook one way or another. I really think that. And I really think anyone can. Of course, not everyone's going to work in a Michelin star restaurant and, you know, make beautiful plates and uh, exciting textures and tastes in in a plate. But I think everyone can cook exciting food for themselves and the people around them. It's kind of like two-sided because you have the, obviously, the the trained chefs. And as you said, not necessarily trained, but they're able to make something special. So like you could call it art, but there's also the necessity of just cooking for yourself. And I think you should make that as fun as possible and don't be intimidated by that
1: now when you approach the cost factor of these foods what did you look for
0: i wanted to reduce costs without sacrificing uh, too much quality so that usually means either buying local or finding finding some deals at your grocery store just knowing to buy the right ingredients and to make uh, some stuff from scratch that It's even going to be better. But, uh, you know, for example, if you go to the grocery store and you buy one of those prepackaged salads and like the bag of mixed whatever, it's going to cost you more than if you do it yourself. And it's probably going to be better. So that's the angle that I'm taking
1: with that. Is there, uh, you know, a lane you stay in to kind of stay within this budgetary, you know, idea?
0: Well, (laughs) Yeah, of course, you can go to extreme, like you can go around uh, getting Wagyu A5 beef and and using that. But I think um, just using common sense, you know, I don't reduce the cost just for the sake of it. I just make it to a practical point rather than, uh, you know, getting the cheapest thing possible. So it's it's just about what you have available and what you can reduce and still maintain the enjoyability of it.
1: You know, and I see you have about a million followers on Instagram. How long have you been? on this journey
0: um so i've been creating content for a long since i was a kid and my dream was always to be i grew up watching youtube and my dream was always to be a youtuber and to make content on the internet i was always very passionate about that but quok itself as a project came to be only not even two years ago yeah i think it's been a year and eight months of me working i would say full time at quok like fork for, for uh, quok and it became a thing like it truly blew up not even a year ago it was july of last year so it's been a crazy journey
1: so when it became a thing what is that how did it become a thing
0: so <clears throat> well the numbers uh the numbers blew up pretty exponentially literally within one week and that's when i was like okay so i really got something in my hands right now you know it really makes you it motivates you to to become better and create more when you see people actually being involved i mean you probably know this right if you when you see dedicated fans they care about you they care about what you make you see people making your recipes and you see people actually being like oh i cooked for the first time in my life tonight because of your video that's powerful to me
1: how old are you now
0: i'm 23 now i just turned 23
1: 23 so you were doing this in a very young age i mean absolutely yeah 15 16 17
0: i even started like my journey with youtube <laughs> even started earlier i was like 12 13 maybe when i started having my first channels obviously very bad probably uh, they're not even online at this point, but um, that was uh, pretty cringy. <laughs> but it, it was important for me to go through that to get to this point. And I think probably 10 years from now, I'll, I'll look at this and I'll be like, OK, maybe not the best that that you could do, but it was important to go through it.
1: You're in New York yeah. now. Um, what are you doing in New York and what's what's going on with this brand and this ideology? So I took a U.S. trip for the
0: first time in my life. Actually, I'm in the U.S and it was a lot about um my my book launching my cookbook is called tasty healthy cheap and i had a couple events with that and i just met some people who i made some videos with it was just about connecting with with some people here and also like you know experiencing the us for the first time i made some videos i tried some food it's pretty exciting
1: now what now the food have you noticed the difference between the food here and the food in the Netherlands? Is there that's a, difference a very good
0: question that? Absolutely. <laughs> so firstly uh, everything is bigger. like you go to any sort of store or or any restaurant and you ask for the for the medium usually you would get that for example a drink you would ask for a medium drink, but in the Netherlands, that drink would be like bigger than a large always. I've always experienced that here. Even in the grocery store, like everything seems bigger even the onions are like huge they're massive and then another thing uh let me think what else? well that was that was kind of the the most shocking <laughs> the most shocking i mean aspect. is
1: it is is the food in the netherlands organic more organic than the mm-hmm. stuff here in the us
0: well you know, I'm not a big fan of the food in the Netherlands either. But for example, where I come from originally in Romania, there's a much bigger culture of uh, you just buying locally. You go, you go to the farmers market, and that's that's like the main place people go to to buy their vegetables or like eggs or meat. And then it's uh, local vendors selling, you know, their tomatoes, and their the tomatoes are ugly, and that's when you know you got like actual. You know, homegrown tomatoes, for example. Uh, the Netherlands has kind of an industrialized the way that they they make their food. It, it's very efficient and it works. It's a I think uh, they figured out some sustainable ways to, you know, for example, for tomatoes. I know that, but yeah, the quality. I'm not a huge fan of the food, even in the Netherlands.
1: So you think the quality may be better here than in the U.S. Um. Here in the well, hmm,
0: I don't know, I don't know it, it's just different. I've noticed that a lot of the um, a lot of the products have additional sugar in them, like I go buy some bread, and the bread is sweet, you know and i and, and I look for different types of bread, and everything that I get seems to be sweet, and I have probably have to go buy some sour though from my actual bakery to get like what I would call regular bread. um It's just different. You know, I I wouldn't say it's better or worse.
1: Was there any type of go to ingredients? Uh, you know, when you you know cook or whatever, is there certain uh, certain things you like?
0: Yeah, I have I have a couple things. It's kind of a ongoing joke on my channel that I have a irrational love for beans and chickpeas or any legumes. As far as I, I even have a tattoo, I don't know if you can see it, but this is this right here is a bean. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just love legumes a lot, um, especially beans of all kinds. I don't discriminate all shapes of beans, I like them. And I cook a lot with, I use a lot of um, like Greek yogurt and stuff and sauces. I put that in everything. Those are the two that I'm like, I'm for sure overusing
1: now the Netherlands. How how big is the Netherlands over there? It's time you an EDM fan.
0: Yeah, I am. Yeah. And they, they have a a lot of the DJs are Dutch. Um, yeah. Like worldwide DJs. Are you are you an EDM
1: fan? I know Armin. Van oh, Dieren Armin. Pretty well, yeah, yeah, Oh, you know, I him? Armin. Yeah, I know him really well. He I did a documentary with oh, Armin in uh, 2007. Wow. Long, long, long time ago. This is like he used to ride. Armin used to ride with me to pick up my daughter at daycare.
0: What? That's crazy. Wow. In
1: L.A., yeah, when he would I mean, come he to L.A. The,
0: he was at the forefront of, uh, of electronic music, absolutely. Yeah, 2007. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean, we did that documentary, and we were so far ahead of the timetable of EDM, we couldn't even... We didn't even know who to sell it to. Yeah. But I yeah, I was sitting with Armin in the car and I told him, man, I said this is gonna be the biggest music in the world. Wow. And he was like, Nah, you like- man. You know, and I knew his manager, Michael, mm-hmm. uh Perion. Um, and yes, this time flies, but that was uh uh very interesting. He couldn't understand why people in the US would go to jail for paying their taxes. <laughs> 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 or for not paying their taxes, right? Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? He said because they can do yeah. things like that in Ho- in
0: Holland. Exactly. Have you been there?
1: I haven't been. I haven't been. I want to go. I mean, it's I've, been, I've, I've been to
0: Amsterdam.
1: Right. Yeah, that's there. I've been uh, to Amsterdam. The capital of the Netherlands. Yeah. What town are you in over there?
0: So I'm in a city next to Amsterdam. It's called the Hague and then it's also close to Rotterdam maybe you've heard of that one uh but everything there is pretty like what shocked me about the US mainly were the distances like in LA for example I couldn't go anywhere without a car. Like there's no notion of walking. Um you have to drive like an hour to to reach a place within the same city. Like if in the Netherlands if you drive for an hour you you've passed through like two cities, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah,
1: I mean that is a when you go first go to LA that is a realization. I think I when I went to L.A. for the first time, I think I had that realization because we thought we could, you know, understanding New York City and cabs, you know, when we got right. to LAX, we thought we could cab it everywhere. But I think, you know, it's kind of crazy if you try to do that with, uh, you know, driving from West Hollywood to Santa Monica, if you will. Yeah. How long How long were you in L.A.? I did three weeks in L.A. Three weeks. And how long have you been in New York City? I think only like four days at this point
0: or maybe five, I think four. Uh, I kind of regret not staying a bit more in New York because I'll actually leave in in four days um because I like it more I gotta admit I like it way more than LA
1: (laughs) you like good city the city more
0: yeah it just has a energy that I feel like is very unique and I kind of like the chaos because people say it's very chaotic which is true but there's kind of um I don't know how to explain it there's a calmness in
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We keep a lot of emotions bundled up inside in life, and sometimes we gotta talk to people. I witnessed the benefits with my own two eyes. I have a close friend that was struggling with depression and felt like she had no one she could consistently talk to because of her busy schedule. She was matched with a therapist through BetterHelp. After several months of sessions, I've seen a tremendous change in her personality and in her life. If you're needing therapy and, and want to get some of those things off your chest, it's entirely online and designed to conveniently work around your schedule and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Just fill out a questionnaire and they will align you with the right therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Unimpressed. Today to get 10% off your first month, that's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash unimpressed. All the chaos.
0: I feel like it really feels it makes you feel comfortable. I think if you're the if you're the specific type of person, it makes you feel comfortable, even though there's a lot of people going everywhere and it's chaotic.
1: Now, your parents, what what do your parents do?
0: Yeah, my parents, uh, they're back in Romania and my mom's a doctor. You know, she's doing she's doing an actual important job, not like me. (laughs) That's (laughs) it. And then, uh, yeah, my dad, my dad owns, actually, he owns a martial arts gym in which I trained since I was a kid. So
1: Romania, tell me a little bit about Romania. What are what are the people like in Romania? What's it? culture like and what's going on there right right now
0: i have a lot of mixed feelings about romania because the country itself is beautiful uh, especially the natural scene like if you go it's very underrated like if you want to hike if you want to go to the mountains there's some beautiful scenery in romania and then with the people you know um it's hard because they, a lot of them have grown up under very specific circumstances of like poverty. Uh, we, back in the day, we had an authoritarian regime. I don't know if you know about that dictatorship that ended in in 1989. So we're kind of still feeling the repercussions of that. And there's a generational gap for like the people who grew up in that during that time. And now, you know, people are uh, starting to get more progressive in the cities. And it's kind of this mix this weird mix of people like we're we're trying to get somewhere but there's still a lot of corruption there's still a lot a lot of poverty education systems not going well at all but uh i'm feeling relatively hopeful because a lot of great people are there unfortunately a lot of the good people leave to places like you know the us or Or
1: Europe. And when you say you say what I mean, when there's a past culture and the current culture, Mm -hmm. what, you know, and then there's a mix. What is that? What is that like? Because I guess I guess there's a lot of programming there about, you know, how this one side of the people grew up or and, and lived. And now there's a whole different angle. I've never thought about that transition.
0: Exactly. Because this thing obviously happens naturally. Like, you know, you're I guess people are more progressive than their parents and then uh, they are more than their grandparents, but it was very accentuated in Romania because the previous generations, they grew up under, you know, as I said, uh, the dictatorship and um, movement was very restricted. Media was very restricted. So now that that's not happening anymore, it's kind of this interesting dynamic where people are kind of stuck in some old ideas, but then a lot of the young people uh, who are more progressive, yeah, they're they're in conflict, obviously. So, as I said, a lot of them leave which is, is not the best but i gotcha. think over time it's gonna get better for sure
1: now now being from these different parts of the world what type of fans and people resonate to your content <laughs> your videos with the cooking
0: i have a series in which well one of my most popular series on youtube is where i try food from other countries so i usually like um go to the comments and they tell me oh try this for my country you're gonna like it and that's Part of the job that I love a lot is just to explore different ways, you know, ingredients are used in other cultures and I tr- I tried that myself and I'm always like I'm gonna try it this is not like an authentic representation this is just me trying it at home and they usually they love that like the people from the country they love me like experiencing the food vicariously through me and I think they also learn a lot about about other cultures and countries and you know how a dish can have a different interpretation like, like across the world and and it's so got similar uh fundamentals but then the the details are different and that's beautiful
1: what's some of the weirdest food you ran up on that you didn't expect Hmm. was there anything that you didn't like you're like what is this
0: i um i i don't like necessarily calling the foods weird but definitely unusual for me you know maybe maybe for my culture and the way i grew up i think a lot of a lot of the food that we experience, obviously, were biased towards what we grew up with. So whenever I encountered something completely foreign to me, I was a little bit taken aback initially. But then once I understood it, um, I liked it, actually. For example, there's this thing called the century egg um, that is kind of a preserved duck egg and in some, in some very specific ingredients. And it just has this um, pungent, I would say almost metallic. Um, yeah, it's got a kick to it and, and a strong smell. And uh, at first I was like a little bit like, okay, I'm gonna try it, but I don't really like it. But then once you understand how it's used and once you understand that you're supposed to use a little bit in these particular dishes and it just gives it this additional layer, um, that's when I actually started liking it. So I think, yeah, with the weirdness of food, I'm usually very open uh, to to the times when I'm like a little bit, oh, maybe I don't like this or I don't understand this yet because that gives me an opportunity to, to expand my taste. And I think that's amazing.
1: Do you think you're a taster? Like, can you recognize flavor? and put different flavors together like if something and find something let's say if there's an ingredient that tastes a certain way Mm. and you don't have that ingredient but you're able to find something that's similar to add instead of the ingredient you couldn't Mm. have are you able to do things like that because i think that's somewhat of a a special ability in art if you will
0: yeah that's definitely a very specific skill and i never thought of it specifically if I have it but you know anecdotally when I think about it I think I do have some degree of that because uh, I usually pick up on on like very subtle ingredients that I like or if I don't like something I'm like oh that's in there but uh, yeah I don't know if I have that skill you know more so like exceptionally more than than a regular person. But I think uh, I can develop that, you know, with with what I'm doing right now, just me tasting food all over the world and really being open minded. I think eventually I'm going to get to that point.
1: Now, with the book that you just released, I mean, what is your goal? With the book and and so forth,
0: right? So I feel like a lot of cookbooks are a little bit intimidating, and people my age usually don't really buy them for that reason. They're all like, "Oh, you know, French uh, French techniques," and which are important, but fancy words and um very specific things, and you cook this to this exact temperature. And I just wanted to completely break that down and have a cookbook that is addressed to those people, and it's like. Okay, you can pick this up, you open it at any page, and you can literally probably make something with what you already have in your pantry. I just wanted to talk about that approach and philosophy that I have currently in my life and show some recipes. Uh, so I think I made it mainly for it to be useful and as an introduction to make people understand that they can cook something and they, they have the ability to put something on the table that they will like.
1: Now, you being a young guy, when you approach this book, Did you think about the length of it and considered how people's attention spans are?
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, so I work with a wonderful team. They're they're called Quarto that helped me uh, help me publish the book. So uh, luckily, I had some people that knew exactly what they were doing. They're like, okay, so we we need about 65 recipes or every recipe needs to be this big. So I had some guidelines uh, so I couldn't just uh, write freely like you know make a 500 page book and i i think the result was really a compact but still like detailed and it just touched all the notes that i wanted so i'm very happy about the length and the fact that you can open it on any page and you see the picture and then you see you see the recipe on the other side I think that works for the attention span that you just men- mentioned.
1: So when you open this book, you're going to see a photo and then you're going to see the recipe right there.
0: Yeah, I can even show you right here. Oh, I have it right here. Okay. So for example, here it's like, oh, tuna melt quesadilla. And then you see the picture and here is the recipe. So that that's the entire okay. thing, you know? So I, I like that yes. aspect about it.
1: What age range are, are you appealing to? Have you, what's your demographics?
0: I th- think uh, the way I see it is people my age, uh, because I, you know, I studied at a university and I, I just know how the people my age think uh, about food. A lot of them take shortcuts. A lot of them don't have time and, you know, for understandable reasons. So I wanted to appeal to like, I don't know, 20 to 24, you know, maybe 18 to 24. I think right when you get out of high school, you probably uh, move out, you start needing to to develop the a cooking skill.
1: And how about females? How do you get some of these... (laughs) <laughs> How do you get some of these younger females to uh, take this advice and, and cook? A lot of females out there don't cook in this day and time.
0: Well, I mean, I, I you know, I see it both ways. I think both uh, both guys and girls should cook. And I, I, I have, a, you know, my demographic is split. So I have girls and guys, definitely. And they, they oh. both, a lot of them uh, have bought the book and they're very excited about it.
1: So what's the next steps for you? What are you looking to do in the next couple of years and, you know, with everything you got going on?
0: Right. Um, So I want to focus on really making a lot of good content on the internet. That's my main focus, actually. It's going to be about, you know, taking this message and pushing it forward creatively to the best of my abilities. I want to form a team around me and just put out content that i think tells a good story and i think delivers the message in a fun way so my whole focus is gonna be making good content in in the next uh you know foreseeable future
1: maybe be like that uh you seen that turkish chef that does oh. all the crazy meats
0: oh like the what's his name salt bay the, the guy who does this yeah yeah, and he does like a yeah. golden steak and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah he's I'm not, got, a, he's I'm got not a, a huge fan of that guy. Like, yeah, he he yeah. does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of
0: different, right? A lot of that is um, he's taking. How do I say this? It's it's taking the the show aspect of of cooking food and pushing it to the limits where it's already like a little bit, I don't know, it's it's not really about the food. It's about like, oh, this is a golden steak and I'm putting a lot of salt on it. And I've heard his food in his restaurants is, is bad, to be honest. I've heard. I'm not saying it is. That's what I've heard.
1: Now, do you want to, you think you would ever open up a restaurant?
0: I think that's, you know, opening a restaurant, I think is incredibly difficult to do it properly. And I don't even necessarily think you have to be skilled at cooking to own the actual restaurant. I think you need like a lot of managerial skills. And yeah, I think it's tough. But I do have a dream of one day opening some sort of either a small place where, where I can have a very controlled approach to to the dishes um but definitely not not anything big if i would open anything it's gonna be like local and specific and curated to to my to what i think is good but that's like nice. you know 10 20 years down the
1: line potentially who knows nice now you got a girlfriend or anything like that or yeah definitely
0: She she's actually right there she, she's in bed in this we, we're, we're <laughs> staying at a at a hotel that is, is tiny, uh, so the whole room is just like a bed and this this table that I'm at right now. Yeah,
1: the New York City box. Exactly. The New York the little, City box. Yeah. There's, yeah. For $400 a night. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Cool, man. Well, well, where do we find the book and where do we find information on you? If, if someone out there, a young person or whoever's out there wants to find some recipes that are inexpensive and healthy, where do we find this information?
0: Absolutely. So you can pretty much... Every everywhere you can find me at quok so you the way you spell that is k-w-o-o-w-k it's a palindrome so you spell it the same from uh, you know from left to right as you do from right to left and i think if you if you look that up on youtube you're gonna find me my book is available on amazon it's called tasty healthy cheap you know three powerful words and yeah that's pretty much it
1: cool man well i appreciate you coming on the show and i think we had a good conversation and hopefully if there's someone out there listening They can uh, check you out and find some new inspiration and new recipes and save a little money.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, John. It's been wonderful.
1: Yeah, this has been Kevin Tatar, and I'm John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting
0: essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen